again, once again, again, good morning. Good morning. May God's blessing be with you always. Especially today, with uh, some church, uh, some denomination celebrate as a All Saints Day, the November 1st. So uh, uh, I think good feeling that we hear the, the message today. So we have been studying about, perhaps maybe you can open, let's see first uh, the front of your, you have bulletin C, you know, what we are learning about. It's being a heavenly citizen in this world as God's masterpiece through Philippians, right from the uh, very first Sunday of October. So we have heard the message about that how to demonstrate not only humility and perseverance, but also become an encourager. And last Sunday, we also learned possess the attitudes of heavenly citizens as God's masterpiece. So today we are going to study and hear the message about the unity through Philippians chapter 4, verse 1, uh, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 1, and through 4. Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful for gathering us here this morning as we now share the, your word and, and hear your word, Father, Lord. Bless us. Open our heart and mind and open our ears so that we can focus on your word and hear your word and we connect out according to your will and your amazing purpose. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So when our military conducts any operations, we, can, we uh, perform the, that uh, operation jointly. That means we do need not only army, but also we need other entities such as Air Force, Navy, Marine, and Special Force, Cyber, and even space. It is amazing space. Wow. So all military branches having amazing capabilities, but at the same time, there are also some limitation for each of them. So therefore, they need one another in order to accomplish, accomplish the mission. For example, Air Force. Anybody had an Air Force experience? Okay, yes. Wow. Thank you. Yes. The Air Force, they have an airplane, right? They can fly swiftly to the enemy territory and you know, hit the target. But the thing is, they cannot stay in there forever, right? They need to they land to land and, and space and on the ground, and they also need fuel and ammunition in order to continue their mission. How about Navy? Anybody from Navy? All right, amen. So Navy also have a great capability, right, to execute their mission on the sea, fighting missiles and artillery rounds, right? But eventually they need a, a port for disembarkation and embarkation for resupply. How about marine? They have a great resource, amen, and air, air and sea operation capability, but also they need, need other branches, support and assistance to complete the mission. And army, right? Army, it is so true that army also need air and neighbor support to accomplish its mission. They need air, air you know, the, they need to go to, from, a to, from uh, point A to B. They need uh, transportation, either, either ship or, or the airplane. And they need also support from uh, airplane, fire and transportation, things like that. So, but the bottom line is that we all, 
all, uh, we need all military branches to complete the mission. So we need one another. We need to be united to become as a one, one team. But can you imagine if any of them decide not to show up or decide not to support for the mission? The airplane is supposed to be show up and hit the target, but not showing up. And uh, the troops should be there, but not, not there. Obviously, we will not only fail the mission, but also there will be a great loss of personnel and equipment. And eventually, we will lose the battle. Likewise, we need to maintain unity with other brothers and sisters in Christ as we continue our spiritual journey together in this world. But sadly, there is a great disunity and division still present in God's churches. This unity is really eaten away our spirit, our faith, like accident metal. So today, as we continue to study Philippians, Paul calls for the churches of Philippi to be united. Even though in many ways that the, the church, they were a model church, a good church, but they were not a perfect church. They had many threats to their unity, such as persecution and false teachers and disharmony between church members. So it is so true that Philippians' struggle with unity was not a unique. There were problems with unity from the beginning of the church. In Acts, you will see when the church was caring for Greek widows and Hebrew widows while distributing, distributing the food, the Greek widows were being left out. It caused disunity among the church members. Also, Corinthians and the Roman churches were divided over leadership and dietary practices. Similarly, each church or chapel today has a potential of disunity over such things as such as uh, church culture, personality differences, and personal preferences. Disunity is something the church must be aware of and then strive to overcome because Satan continues to entice and attack Christians to be divided, be separate each other. I have one question for you. Do you have any conflict in your life with your family member, could be your spouse and children, or your friends, co-workers, or church members? Then how can we maintain the unity and learn to walk in unity, especially in the body of Christ? The Apostle Paul tells us three important principles to maintain unity in the body of Christ in today's scripture. I think first principle is that we must focus on the right resources. Then what are the resources God has given the church and to, our, as, as a, to us for unity? Philippians chapter uh, 2 and verse 1 says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion. 
So if in Greek can be translated also as since in English. So conditional clause also mean that result clause. So just as since you have encouragement from being united with Christ, since you have comfort from his love, and since you have fellowship with the Spirit, since any tenderness and compassion. So one of the resources God uh, we have as a believer is encouragement from our Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, with our relationship with Christ. The word encouragement means to come alongside someone and to give assistance by offering comfort, counsel, and help. The word exactly represents what we see in the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. As you know that the parable, the Good Samaritan did everything what he could do to help the wounded man, right? He cared the man completely from the, from the beginning to end. And Christ does the same thing for us today. For each of us, Christ comes alongside to walk us and through the pain and the struggle of life. So wherever we go, Christ goes with us. And he said to the, his disciples and, and to us, said, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age, in Matthew chapter 20, verse 19. So we can be united because we have the Christ who had been through many trials before us, and he comes alongside to help us. So we can love our children, our spouse, our parents, our siblings, and even our church members because of the help and the encouragement of Christ. Because he comes alongside to do alongside us to do so. So if you have an issue in your life, in your family, at home, at church, remember Christ, He is with us. So he will give us encouragement. So ask for God's help, his help and his intervention so that he can unite with, with us, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Also, God has given us comfort from Christ's love, his sacrificial love. Another resource for unity is that God has given us is comfort from Christ's love. Each believer has become a recipient of Christ's love at spiritual birth. John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and, one and only Son, that whoever believes in him, in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. We have received God's love, which comforts and enables us to be united. Normally, the fear and anxiety are often the driving forces behind the conflict because we fear of being rejected. We fear of being not loved. We fear of people talking about us and blaming us. However, the Paul says that we can be united because we have comfort from Christ's love and his discomfort should be enable us to be united. 
Christ's perfect love casts out our fear and our anxieties that keep us from the unity. It enables us to live in unity with one another. So if you have any doubt, if you fear that someone will may reject you and not love you, then I want you to experience God's perfect love by seeking, by asking for his help. I encourage you to experience God's perfect love in your life so that we can all love one another. Also, God has given us fellowship with the, with the Spirit. Another resource is for us to be, able to, to be united that God gave us the Holy Spirit. When we were saved, God did a miraculous work in us through the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit unites us into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13 says, For all we are all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greek, slaves or free, and we were all given to one spirit to drink. So people become part of the body of Christ and attached to Christ and to believers when we believe in Jesus. So one person becomes the hands and the other person becomes feet. So we are all body part in Christ. The Spirit of God already made us one and now he works in us to work together and depend on one another. However, we must maintain, we must work to maintain it. I believe bearing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives help us to be united. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, verse 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. God has given us the power of the Holy Spirit to help us be united. So therefore, there is no excuse for us to have. There is no excuse for us to divide it because God united us as one body through the work of the Holy Spirit. And also, God has given us tenderness and compassion the word tenderness means that ability to feel somebody's pain or hurt with them through trials in Greek. We normally, there's some conflict. We can only feel our pain. We cannot hear the cries of other person because we are too focused on ourselves. But the tenderness of Christ feels the pain of others. Right. Think about our bodies, right? All of a sudden, you know, what if your left knee is hurting? What do you normally do? Just leave it, leave it alone so you keep hurting? What do you do? Just leave it alone? Or, okay, good. You know, okay, keep hurting, right? No, we, we, we use our hands to massage it, right? And the next day, if you're hurting the other knee, then 
obviously you keep massaging and eventually we go to doctor, we go to hospital and make an appointment and see a doctor, right? Or take some medication. But if you hurting some, you know, some, some part of your body, you will do something, right? So same thing. We need to care for each other, care for each other in Christ. We can be united because Christ gave us his own tenderness and compassion. So Apostle Paul challenges the Philippians and us to look at the, those, these resources God has given to us to be united. The second principle the Christian must do is that the Christian must develop the right attitude. Philippians chapter 2, uh, chapter 2 and verse 2. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Then what attitude must Christ, uh, Christian and believers cultivate in order to be united? The believers must have the same thought. The Paul says here the believer must be like-minded. It means that to uh, think the same thing. So what does it mean? In Philippians chapter same verse, uh, same chapter verse, uh, chapter two verse five follows. Paul says that every person should have the same attitude or mind as Christ. When Christians develop the mind of Christ, it will be easy to be united. Christ, the Jesus didn't come to the earth to be served. He came to came to serve, serve us and save us. This type of mindset each follower and believer must develop in order to be united in the church. We must care more about others than about ourselves. This is servant mind that each one of us must adopt, that all of us must be a servant in order to be united. So instead of being called for me, Chaplain Chung should be a servant Chung in everywhere I go. Instead of Sam, servant Sam, I'm here to serve you, not to be served. We need to have that kind of a mindset, that kind of attitude. And also believers must have the same love at loving attitude Paul says, "Make this joy." He, uh, he said, "My joyful, uh, joy fulfilled by having the same love." This type of love that Paul is talking about here is agape, the perfect, unconditional love. It is not a selfish love, but love of the the emotion that is many times see, we see in this world. God loved us while we were sinners, and yet He still gave His life for us. That is the type of love that brings unity. If our love is selfish, selfish love like this world, we will only love our church, our, your people, as long as they or it does not appoint, disappoint us. But we must have all agape love in order to maintain unity. But it is not easy one, right? have a perfect love, unconditional love. It's not just one day 
treatment. You cannot just have one day. Hey, I am perfect. Agape love. No. It takes time. In order to love others just like God loved us, we must and continue to experience God's love daily to love others. Because it is possible, because the ability to love like this was given to believers in their salvation. The love of God has been poured out in our heart. God has given the church the ability to love like him. So let us, in faith, love one another the way God loves us. Believers also must be united in spirit. To be united in spirit means to care for one another as though they were caring for ourselves. When we are united in spirit and love one another as ourselves, then we will become a united church. We should, re we should rejoice when the others are successful and happy, and we should mourn when others mourn. This is a body, the God's will for his people that they would live as one body, body of Christ. And do not hurt your, your other body parts. Do not beat them up. And instead of embrace them and love them, I mean, I don't recommend, but if you really want, when you go home, maybe if you, you know, be alone, try to hit your leg or arm with your other, other you know, hand or other, other those tools. How did it happen? You, you feel the pain, not only that part, but entire body, right? So if you keep beating other body, your body part, eventually your entire bodies are hurting, same thing. If it's some body part in our church hurting, then entire our church, the body of Christ is hurting, feel pain. So we must be united in spirit. We must care for one another as ourselves. Believers also must have the same purpose Finally, the Paul says the believer must have the same purpose. Paul is saying that the church's primary focus should be is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ in our community, in this world, not just have a good time. The reason we come to church on Sundays, right, obviously we have a fellowship one another, but we bring glory and honor to God, right, through worship. So we get fully charged with the Holy Spirit so we can go out into the world. We share in God's message, God's salvation message, gospel message, good news, which is that believing Jesus Christ will be saved, right? People will be saved. When our purpose is the gospel, the life, death, and burial and resurrection of Christ for the world, we will be united as one body of Jesus Christ and share the saving message with people who do not know Jesus yet. 
And the last principle is that Christians must develop the right practices. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than ourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. So believers, believers must practice the forsaking selfish ambition and vain conceit. Paul gave us a very difficult challenge. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition and vain conceit. You know, selfish ambition and vain conceit are really a root of all sin. It is the desire to get our will done instead of God's will done and have our, our own glory then bring our honor and glory to God. It is the cause of all the division, the selfish ambition and vain conceit. Think about Eve in creation time and Cain and Joseph's brothers and David because of, they fail because of the, their selfish ambition and vain conceit. Also, same thing, the selfish ambition and vain conceit also led the Pharisees to kill Jesus because they were jealous. They did not want to see their, their place and their authority be loosed. So our ambition must be to honor God and glorify God by loving and caring our brothers and sisters in Christ. And believers must practice also the humility of the servant. Paul says in verse 3, in humility, consider others better than ourselves. The humility words used to describe a being a servant in Greek. Again, Paul gave us a servant metaphor in order to teach us how to have unity. We must practice the humility of the servant. We must regard others better than ourselves. We come here at this chapel, or we live in this world, not to be served, serve, serve others. Normally we think too highly of ourselves because of our simple nature. We are so self-centered, arrogant, selfish. However, the kingdom of God is all about coming down to serve others. Christ came down here to save us from sin. It should be the same for us. The churches should be full of the serving people, not the people waiting for this to be served. We came here to serve one another and love one another, embrace one another. The less believers must take care not only their own interest, but also to the interest of others. Philippians chapter 2 verse 4, each of you should not should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. We are so naturally, we are really so good at taking care of ourselves. But ultimately, we must look 
also to look to our uh, interest of others. This is the nature of the servant. We should notice the word, the look. He says, each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Look means to observe something intentionally, purposefully. The best servant is not just waiting to be asked. They are observant. They are looking out to discern others' needs and how to meet them. So they will see and they will find out somebody needs help and then they will find out how, think about how can I help him or her. They notice the needs of the children's ministry. They needed, uh, notice a need for the choir. They notice how people are doing, and, but they just don't notice what they do to meet their needs. So we have a Sunday school, so we need more Sunday school teachers, more, more volunteers. And also they mentioned that they are recruiting, they need more people to join choir for this Christmas cantata. This is up to you, your decision. You want to serve God? Then this opportunity, sign up and praise God together, right? It's okay. You know, you don't have to be professional, right? Just your, God knows your heart, right? Right? And amen, right? So, yeah, you can join, you can praise God together. You can play music. Tambourine is okay, right? We need a tambourine too, right? Tambourine, triangle, yes. Just your heart matter. God looking for people who want to serve one another and serve the Lord. In conclusion, I believe there's nothing more joyful for all parents in this chapel and those who are on the Facebook virtual live stream to see their children get along with one another with harmony and love. If you have only one child, then you know, you like to see your child get along with other friends, right? At school, at, you know, elsewhere. Instead of getting good grades and getting top, going to top college and getting a good job, good occupation, while quarreling and fighting one another at all time. I, as a parent, father, I like to see my children get along, right? Help each other, support each other, love each other. Then, you know, even though they have some less grade and not going or sometimes not doing well, but, you know, having the, you know, and then have a good grade but fighting each other, oh, no, I don't, I don't want to see that, right? I, no one, no parents want to see that that way. So God wants us to see, right, to be, to be a one mind, one, one body, help each other, support each other, embrace each other, love each other. Right? God wants us to get along with one another, with harmony and love. Then we must focus on the right resources. God gave us the resources, wonderful resources. And we have to develop the right attitude and right practices to be united as one body of Christ. So let us remember that our Heavenly Father 
want us to maintain unity with one another. Through maintaining unity, we honor and praise God. So let us love one another. Let us forgive one another. Let us embrace one another. So that we can honor, bring honor and glory to God through our life and our action, our behavior. And let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful for your grace. Father, we confess that, Father, Lord, we are all body of Jesus Christ. Father, we want to love each other. We want to encourage each other, one another. We want to serve and embrace one another, Lord. And Father, empower us and strengthen us and bless us and watch over us, Father Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.